place. How many in here glad that he didn't come, come down? If you're glad, just tell somebody, I'm glad that he stayed on the cross. I'm glad that he stayed on the cross. I'm glad that he didn't come down. I'm glad that he didn't come down. The love that he had for us kept him on the cross. Anybody can rejoice in that fact that he loved us even when we, when our hearts were not even turned toward him. He loved us. Marvin Zapp said he saw the best in me when everyone else around could only see the worst in me. He looked beyond what I was. Anybody know what I'm saying? And he saw what I could become. He looked beyond my mess. He looked beyond my shortcomings. Tell your neighbor, all of us had them. All of us had shortcomings. All of us. Amen, have fallen short of the glory of God, but he looked beyond all of that. And he saw what I could become. I'm glad that he stayed on the cross. I'm glad that he stayed there. I'm glad that he stayed there. What key is that? C sharp. Tell your neighbor, I'm glad that he stayed there. I'm going to sing just a little bit of a song that's on my heart to sing. That just means we need, need a new organ. That, that, that's all. But, but we're going to sing through it and we're going to praise through it. Isn't that right? Come on and give God some praise if you will. Amazing grace. Shall always be my song of praise. For it was grace that bought my liberty. I do not know just how he came to love me so. He looked beyond my faults and saw all my need amazing grace shall always be my song of praise for it was grace that bought my live my liberty I do 
not know just how he came to love me so but I'm glad that he looked beyond all my faults and he saw he saw my need I shall forever lift mine eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me how marvelous oh that grace caught my falling soul he looked beyond my faults and saw my need I shall forever lift mine eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me But I'm glad that he looked beyond. He looked beyond. He looked beyond. He looked beyond what I was. He looked He saw, he saw. 
excite you. I don't know what will. Just to know that that in spite of our wicked ways in spite of us in spite of us not loving him he yet loved us. And if that don't excite you, if that doesn't prompt you to praise him and worship him, I don't know what will. I don't know. about anybody else but I've discovered that that God knows me better than I know myself he knows me better than I know myself and and in spite of all the stuff he knew about me still love me and nothing that we have ever done in our lives can't caught him by surprise he already knew he already knew but yet his words said that while we were yet sinners Christ died 
for the ungodly. And who was ungodly? Everybody was in the number. Everybody. Everybody was in the number, but thank God for the multitude of his grace and the multitude of his mercy. It was only by his grace and mercy that we were not consumed. Only by his grace and mercy that we were not destroyed. And that's why I agree with David when he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. You know what he meant when he said that? I don't have to be in a church setting to bless the Lord. In other words, he said, wherever I am, I will bless the Lord. Regardless to what position I'm in. He said, whether I'm up or down, I'll bless him. Whether I'm sick or well, I'll bless him. Whether I'm rich or poor, I'll bless him. Whether I have a job or don't have one, I'll bless him. That's what he meant when he said, I'll bless him at all times. Then he said, and, and, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, Lord. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. As we get ready to move into the scripture, we thank God that he has allowed us to be here. You know it wasn't just by chance, don't you? But by the grace and the mercy of God, it was by his grace and mercy that we even got a wake-up call this morning. Everybody didn't get that call. And I've learned that even if you're hurting, you ought to yet give God some praise and worship him because of who he is, number one, and then because of what, what he has done. Because I have discovered that regardless to what may be going on in our lives, there's always somebody who is worse off than you. Always somebody that's worse off than me. Today I want to share with you out of the word of God from the book of Colossians chapter 1.
and we'll uh, focus our attention beginning at verse 19. After you find that scripture, those of you who are able, we ask that you would stand in reverence to the reading of God's word. Colossians chapter 1 beginning at verse 19 you'll find these words it says for it pleased the father that in him should all fullness dwell and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now have he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This afternoon, I want to speak to you very briefly from this subject. I want to talk about peace through the blood of his cross. Peace through the blood of his cross. My brothers and sisters, I want to say to you, first of all, that the word of God teaches us that all have sinned and all have come short of the glory of God. And Paul, the same author that wrote to the church of Colossae, at one time he wrote to the church at Ephesus and he, he reminded the church at Ephesus of what the Lord had done for them, how the Lord had brought them out of darkness, out of ungodly ways and lifestyles, and that they were now walking in the grace or under the grace of God. You know, I have discovered that 
it's no use of any of us trying to walk around like we're all that and a bag of chips and a box of Krispy Kreme donuts. That's from the preacher all the way down. Because Jesus had us to understand through his teachings, he said that nobody can get to the Father except they go through Jesus. And the point that I'm trying to drive home is that everybody has to go the same way. If you're going to get into the kingdom of heaven, how many know we all have to go the same way? And that way is through Jesus Christ. He said that I am the way. What way? The way that leads to eternal life. He said, I am the truth and I am the life. No man can get to my daddy except they come through me. And you know what? There are a lot of people who don't mind uh, giving God the Father the credit and the glory that is due unto him. But a lot of people have a problem with Jesus. When they don't even realize that if you're going to get to the Father, you're going to have to go through the Son. You can't get to the Daddy except you accept the Son. He said, no man can come to, to my Father except they come by me or through me. But all of us, my brothers and sisters, have sinned and all of us have made mistakes. And then all of us have done some stuff we knew was wrong before we did it. Tell your neighbor everything, what, everything I did wasn't a mistake. <laughs> all of us can be, ought to be a witness to that. How many can truly say and not ashamed to say, hey, everything that I did wasn't a mistake. Some of that stuff I did intentionally. Some of that stuff I did out of my own will. I already knew what the word of God had to say about it before I did it. But my flesh was calling for it. <laughs> but thanks be unto God that he's a merciful God. Thanks be unto God that he's a gracious God. That, and, and, and one thing about God's grace and his favor, there is nothing that we did to deserve it. There was nothing that we did to earn it, but he favored us because he loved us. He loved us just that much. Amen. Paul, in his writing to the church at Ephesus, he reminded them, he said, we're saved by grace through our faith in Jesus Christ. We're not saved by our works, lest any man should boast. Paul had the church at Ephesus to understand, if any of y'all that's saved, you can't brag about it and you can't take the credit on your own. Because it's by the grace of God and by the grace of God only that you're saved. 
How many in here know that it's only by the grace of God, amen, that he called us out of darkness and now we're walking in the marvelous light. Anybody here know that it's only by the grace of God that we are not strung out on drugs somewhere. It's only by the grace of God that we're not drinking ourselves to death. It's only by the grace of God that we have been delivered from sinful lifestyles and now we can truly say things that I used to do I don't do no more but it ain't because of me tell your neighbor it's because of God and what we have to come to the realization and understanding of also is that just because we have been called out of darkness and now we're walking in the marvelous light we have to understand that we are not perfect yet How many know that we're still in the growing process? We're yet growing in the grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We're yet growing in his grace and in his knowledge. Listen, listen, man, man had become so sinful. Man had, had become so wicked in their heart. That one scripture decrees and declares that it repented God that he had even made man. In other words, God had become so disgusted. Because ever, ever since man had the fall in the garden of Eden, from that point, the sinful nature fell upon all mankind. That's why Jesus teaches, he said, you must be born again because, because before Adam sinned against God. And the reason I say Adam and Adam alone, I know that Eve was the one messing around that tree. And I know that it was the serpent that beguiled her. But based on my theological, theological persuasion, I don't see anywhere. When the, when the serpent beguiled the woman, didn't anything really happen at that time? When the woman Eve ate of the forbidden fruit, didn't nothing happen at that time? But when she fed it to her husband, when he took it and, and when he ate it, then the Bible said, then their eyes were opened. See, because the serpent was doing his thing, amen, and, and, and he beguiled the woman and the woman ate of it, but amen, they would have been just fine if Adam had told Eve, where did you get this from? And said, no, I'm not going to eat that. Because if you study the scripture, you'll find that when God was calling for man, he didn't say, Eve, where are you? He didn't say, serpent, where are you? But he was looking for the man, Adam, because Adam was the one that he had given the divine orders and instructions to. He said, where are you? Hiding from God. And from that point, what I'm trying to convey in this message today is that from that point, a sinful nature 
fell upon all mankind. That's why, amen, even will, when, when, when a little baby is born, Jesus said you must be born again. Because I don't care how cute they are. I don't care how handsome they are. They are born with a sinful nature. And if you give father time, a little time, as they grow older and mature, you'll see it come out of them. Are y'all praying with me? And so he said, that's why, that, that, that's why he said, you must be born again because when you came out of your mother's womb, you were already messed up in your nature. Do you understand what I'm saying? You, you, amen. Even before some folk, the reason they have such bad tempers is because they had one before they came out. It just took time for it to manifest. Some people, the reason they are so mean right now is because, amen, they haven't been delivered from the old man. Are y'all praying with me? Amen. All of the stuff that we see, amen, manifest itself or raise its ugly head when as we are growing and maturing, all of that stuff was already down on the inside. Somebody said, well, how do you know it was bound to? Well, my Bible said it. Last time I read it, it said that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. And see, but then it said, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. And see, if, if, if foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, and if that foolishness is not dealt with in their childhood, they become, they become older and foolish. Do you hear what I'm saying? And that stuff has to be dealt with. You gotta be, you, you, you gotta be born again. You gotta receive a, 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 the rebirth. Because if it's not dealt with, it will, it, it, it will remain. Mm. But man's nature had become sinful and and, 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 and sin had become embedded, deeply rooted in the hearts of mankind. And when stuff gets in the heart, when stuff gets in the heart, People, people really can't, can't hardly help what they do if it's in their heart. If lying gets in a man's heart, he'll lie even when he don't have to get himself out of a mess. Because now it's embedded in his nature. <laughs> to lie if stealing becomes embedded in a person's heart you better not leave your pocketbook around you better not leave valuables 
laying around because they were still not even having to steal, not even trying to, to, to buy their next meal, but they are still only because it's in their heart to do it. And that, that, that's why I have discovered, amen, sometimes it's best not to trash certain stuff. See, see because sometimes people, sometimes people don't understand that the enemy hooks us through trying things one time. Mm, y'all, y'all, come on. I'm ready. I'm ready to preach it now. Listen, listen. The, if, if you try something, the enemy, I have discovered this. He cannot make you do anything that you don't want to do. And so what he uses against us is stuff that we want. But now the only thing the enemy can do is make suggestions. He will make suggestions and he tries to entice us. Well, uh, if, you, if you read over there in the book of James, you don't have to turn that down, but around chapter one, it talks about enticing. Well, well if, if you're being enticed, that's a, that's a difference in being made to do something. See, the enemy cannot make us do anything, but what he does, he tries to entice us and he tries to make suggestions. Well, now, wait a minute. Now, if you're going to try to entice me, how can you entice me with something I really don't want? How can you entice an individual with something that they have no desire towards? Hmm? But what the enemy does, he tries to entice us with things that he figure we will succumb to. What are you saying, preacher? In other words, what he does, he comes with stuff that he know you like. Or stuff you used to like. That's how he works. See, the word said, and, and I'm getting ready to go to the text, but the word said that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, right? Have you read that scripture? Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But there's another scripture that says whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. There is a slight difference in being saved and being delivered. If you look up the, 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 the definition for the word saved and delivered, you will find one that, 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 that is very closely related, but, but, but yet you will find one that is slightly different. Because to be saved, what is the qualification? What do you have to do to be saved? If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead. Over there in Romans, Paul said, thou shalt be what? Saved. But then in another scripture, he said, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Now, wait a minute. I want to suggest to you that you can be saved and still need to be delivered. Anybody believe that? You can be saved and still need some deliverance in some areas of your life. 
and man had had become enslaved or in bondage to sin he was in a sin cycle a sin cycle to make it more practical to help you understand what I'm talking about the sin cycle you know how sometimes people have to come to the altar one Sunday and say Lord if you forgive me this time if you get me out of this mess this time I won't do it again and that that was last Sunday and six days passed and the next Sunday they say it's me again Lord I know I told you I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it, but, but here I am again. And that's the kind of cycle that, that man was in. Man was in a sin cycle. Even when I consider when they were running those, uh, when they were uh, having the feast approaching and Jesus made his way to the holy city. And when he got there, he saw them selling doves and saw the money changers and all of that in the house of the Lord and the people couldn't get in for all of the other stuff that was going on man was in a sin cycle let me tell you the reason they were doing that because they were they, let me tell you they were making big money off of selling those doves and all of those other animals for sacrifices because folks were sinning do you hear what I'm saying they were sinning sometimes you may have a person that come in today and they buy a dove and they say, look, look, uh, uh, I need this for a sacrifice. And then uh, two or three days later, they may be coming back again. Because man was in a cycle of sin in his life. But Jesus, according to the scripture, he came to give his life a ransom for our sin. He came to bail us out. He came to deliver us and to set us free that we would no longer have to be servants to sin. He came. Listen, in verse 19 of, in the book of Colossians chapter 1, it says, For it pleased the Father that in him, in Jesus, that's the him that, is, that Paul is referring to, should all fullness dwell and having made peace through the blood of his cross let me tell you something in, 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 in order for us to be able to enjoy the peace of God it was necessary that somehow some way we were able to make peace with God it is impossible to experience and enjoy the peace of God if you have not yet made peace with God God was so disgusted with man he was so he was he was so disappointed in man man was God's prized creation and 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 and, and God had reached a point where it repented him that he had even made man. And so the Bible declares in John 3.16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Here Jesus comes on the scene. 
God sent his son not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might receive salvation. Here, God understand that in order for man to make peace with me, he said, I'm willing to give my only begotten son so that his blood can cause the people to experience my peace again. Here, Jesus come and he gives his life on a hill called Calvary. Listen, it said, we have made peace with God through the blood of his cross. Now, I want you to understand that on that same day, there were three folks that died at Calvary. There were three men that were hanging on crosses at Calvary. But according to the word of God, we have an understanding that we have uh, attained peace with God through the blood of Jesus' cross. I want you to understand that it was not just important that Jesus died and that he gave his life, but it was important that he shed his blood. Because his word declares that if it had not been for the shedding of the blood, there would be no remission for our sin. That's why I agree with the songwriter that wrote one day, I thank God for the blood that came streaming down for me. It was the blood. Somebody tell somebody else, it was the blood that made the difference at Calvary. It was the blood of Jesus, the shed blood of Jesus. Because of that blood, we have made peace with God. It said in verse 20, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, by Jesus. Paul says, I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Then he reminded the church at Colossae, he reminded them that you were sometime alienated. In other words, you were separated, you were distant, and you were enemies. Look, where about in your mind? In your mind? you were enemies unto God notice what he said in verse 21 in your mind by wicked works there's a tie in there he says you alienated and enemies to God in your mind then he says, through wicked works. I'm getting ready to preach here in just a moment. But I want to say this. Wicked works begin in your mind. Before a person ever stabs somebody else with a knife 
they have already entertained the thought in their mind before somebody puts out a lie on somebody else they have already conjured up that lie and they thought about it and that evil work began in their mind. That prodigal son that we love to hear preached and talked about. The prodigal son that left home, amen, and said, Daddy, give me all that is going to fall to me. That I'm going to inherit. That young boy didn't just jump up one day and ask his daddy for all of the possessions. But he had been thinking about it all the time. He said you were enemies. You were alienated. You were enemies to God. He's talking to the church of Colossae. He's talking to the church folk. He said you were alienated. You were separated from God and you were enemies to God. In your mind, by wicked works. But he said, You were enemies, first of all, in your mind. In other words, he said, Your thoughts were not like God's. And because your thoughts were not like God's thoughts, your ways were not like his ways. See, your thoughts and your ways are two different things. Your thoughts are in your mind and, the, and your ways are your works, what you do, what you actually do. He said you were alienated and enemies to God, first of all, in your mind. Tell your neighbor your mind was messed up. And anybody that have a messed up mind. Going to have some messed up ways. And another thing that supports that, Jesus said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. In other words, Jesus was saying, however you think, that's the way you're going to be. If you think evil, your actions are going to be evil. If you think hateful, your actions are going to be hateful. If you think love, your actions will be loving actions because we have to understand that our actions spring forth from our thoughts. Every action springs forth from a thought. If you decide to do something good for somebody or towards somebody 
you thought about it first. Thought about it. Whether it's a good action or whether it's a bad action. Thought about it. And isn't it good to know that God yet forgave us even when our evil works were premeditated? Premeditated, premeditated. Already thought about it. But by Jesus, we were reconciled. We were made right with God. We were put back in good standing with God through his son, Jesus Christ. He said, even though we were alienated and enemies in our mind toward God by our wicked works, now to look at some of us, you would think that we've been good all of our lives. But how many know that all of us have done some wrong in our lives? All of us have conjured up things thought about things and acted upon things that were ungodly. But thanks be unto God that he gave his only begotten son that we might be reconciled unto God. Yes, silver and gold could not buy our salvation. Yes, but thanks be unto God that our salvation was purchased with the blood of Jesus. And the songwriter said, what can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of Jesus have I got a witness and I don't know about you but I'm glad this afternoon that Jesus loved me in spite of me yeah he loved us even when we were enemies of his have I got a witness he loved us when our hearts were not turned towards him he loved us even when we were in our wicked ways have I got a witness and I don't know why 
Jesus loved us. I don't know why he even cared. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. But I'm glad, so glad he did. Is there anybody here have a grateful heart and say, Lord, I thank you that you loved me in spite of all of my shortcomings. You loved me in spite of all of my wrongdoing. You loved me even before I loved you. Have I got a witness? Somebody say yeah. Say yeah. And Paul said in the body of his flesh through death he died to present us holy and unblameable and unreprovable in the sight of the Father. He died a treacherous death. He died. Anybody know he did? They hung him up and they stretched him wide. He hung on the cross until he died. After he died, I could see the demons and all of hell rejoicing, saying we got him now. They took him down off of the cross and they laid his body in a borrowed grave. He stayed there all night Friday. He stayed there all day Saturday. He stayed there Saturday night. But early Sunday morning, he got up. He declared, Oh, power is in my hand. He said, Grave, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? I got all power is in my hand. Tell somebody, I'm glad Jesus died. But I'm even more glad that he rose again with all power in his hand because he died, because he lives. We are able, even when we go in the ground, we know that we'll rise because he got up. We are able to get up out of our sins. We are able to get up out of wickedness. We're able to get up out of hatefulness we're able to get up out of jealousy tell your neighbor we can get up because he got up somebody say yeah say yes you don't have to stay in the shape that you're in Jesus died and he gave his life so you can rise So you can get up. Shake somebody's hand and tell them I was down. I had fallen. And I couldn't get up. Before Jesus came. I had fallen. And I couldn't.
couldn't get up. Can I get a witness? But I thank God that when Jesus came and when he gave his life and when he got up again, I got up. Is it anybody can say you don't know what I used to be? You don't know how I used to be. You don't know what kind of lifestyle I used to live. But thank God. Oh, thank God. He brought me out. He brought me out. Somebody tell him thank you. Thank you for bringing me out. Reconcile. We were reconciled. Through the blood. Through the blood. Of Jesus we were reconciled the blood of sheep and lamb and, and goats and bulls and, and all of that could no longer suffice it wasn't good enough But Jesus willingly came for the purpose of giving his life. He came for that reason. And it's through his shed blood that we have reconciliation with God man had become so sinful and he kept Lord I'm sorry Lord I'm sorry and just kept doing the same same thing but he sent his son Because there was no real power in the blood of goats and bulls. and That was only ceremonial type of stuff. But there was no delivering power. And the Lord understood, God understood. Now, 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 now I need the Lamb of God to go down. Because in his blood, there's healing. In his blood. There is deliverance in his blood. 
there's real salvation in his blood there's wonder working power in his blood and it was through his blood not the blood of goats and bulls and rams and all of that but it was through his blood we obtained peace with God through his blood and anybody that's under the blood anybody that has accepted Christ as their savior and made him the Lord of their life sins are washed away they're under the blood they're under the blood and when God looks he doesn't see us but he sees the blood he sees the shed blood of his son and I don't know about you but I thank God for the blood because the Lord understood that when he shed that blood not only would it take care of that generation, but generations to come. That blood would cover generation after generation after generation. His blood. His blood. Purchased our salvation we were bought with a price and that price was the blood of Jesus there may be someone here today who has not made peace with God through accepting his son Jesus if you've not made peace with God through accepting Jesus as your savior and making him the Lord of your life this is your chance to come everybody in here has fallen short of God's glory everybody in here has, has made mistakes everybody in here has committed some type of sin but we can tell you that if if you confess your sin that the Lord is faithful and he's just and he'll forgive you then he'll turn around and he'll cleanse you from everything that is unrighteous if you're in this building today and you have not accepted Jesus as your savior if you want to receive salvation today this is the time for you to come I wouldn't put it off for some other Sunday, for some other time. Because no one never knows what a day will bring. We don't even know if we'll even be here, still be alive. We just don't know. And that's why the Bible encourages us, choose you this day. Go ahead and make that decision now. Choose this day whom you will serve. You have to make the choice while you have the opportunity, while you have the chance, because you may not have that chance again.
If you want to be saved, will you come? As the choir sings the song of invitation, you can come. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open up, he said, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. If you're in this building, I wouldn't let this moment, this opportunity pass me by. If you want to be saved, will you come? This is a call of salvation first. If you're in this building, will you come? And did it just for me, just for me, just for me, for me. Will you come? Now there may be someone who, who's already saved and you just want to make this church your church home. If you want to make this church your church home, if you want to become a member of Greater Union Baptist Church, will you come? You can come by letter, candidate for baptism. You can come by Christian experience. You can come under watch care. And the Lord said, whosoever will, let him come. Therefore, our arms and our hearts and our doors are open to receive you in the love of Christ. Will you come? You still have time. sing that one more time we still you still have time to come just for me If the Lord is touching your heart to come, step out. Go ahead and make that step. Just for me, yeah. Just for me. Jesus came. Just for me. You may be seated. Jesus.